This podcast is now streaming on the Accounting Influencers main show. Subscribe to the Accounting Influences podcast to listen to more content just like this. You can also watch this episode on YouTube. Please like and subscribe to learn even more from the very best experts, thought leaders and influencers in the accounting and fintech world. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Best Practice in Accounting. Brought to you by Dext. And a special shout out to one of our new commercial sponsors for this podcast. It's ProNation. Martin, this is a really exciting game changer in the accounting world. Yeah, the buzz right now from accounting community perspective. So we're not short of accounting communities. So what's going on here? And the three heads is better than one approach has been taken. And we've got three practitioners here in ProNation who are leading a community for all sizes of firms. And because they are practitioners who have worked with thousands of firms themselves around the world in an advisory capacity, they understand the common frustrations and they have the knowledge from practice growth to practice technology to practice systems to help members step by step break through the barriers of resistance that are holding those practitioners back from building the firm they really want. And let's their names, Martin. You're talking about Lucy Cohen, Will Finell, Carl Reader. They're the new breed of influencers coming through. They've graced international stages now. They're owning accounting firms themselves, so they've been there and done it. And this gets around the old problem of one guru, one mentor, my way or no other way. But here we've got perspective, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, three different firms, three different types of firms, and brought them into seven figures as well, which is often a very difficult barrier for any sort of firm owner to break. So basically what they're saying is that if a practitioner wants more time, uh, if they want, you know, as in discretionary time, if they want more money, if they want more self-confidence, and if they want a better team around them or the team they've got to stay longer, then that's the sort of support they're going to find and to help them achieve in ProNation. Amazing. And we're asking them now to join the nation, Martin, aren't they? Where can people find out more? Exactly thereof. Yes, join the nation uk. that's jointhenation.co.uk, gives you all the information you need and gives you a chance to apply to join at a size of firm dependent or size of firm specific level. And this is international as well. So go to jointhenation.co.uk, take a look at what's on offer there. This is a new community for a new age. Welcome to Best Practice in Accounting with me, Rob Brown. On behalf of the Accounting Influencers Podcast Network, five shows going out every day of the working week. On Monday, we have our Success in Accounting. It's our flagship show. We do a lot of panels and deep dives on key topics. Tuesday is our Insights in Accounting show. That's our news item. Wednesday, Influencers in Accounting, where we go one-to-one deep dive with an expert in the accounting and fintech world. On Friday, we have our UK Matters in Accounting because we think the world revolves around the UK sometimes. This is our Thursday show, Best Practice in Accounting, where we take what works for accounting professionals and bring on a guest who's been there and done it. Thrilled to have with me today, Carl Ridder. Carl, you want to talk about capacity today, capacity management. Everyone's talking about talent getting the job done. I don't have enough people. I can't fulfill the promises I'm making to my clients. I can't keep that client experience and level of service high. Where do you want to start with this one? Perfect. So first things first, I'll introduce myself. So Rob, thank you so much for the intro. For those who don't know me, I'm a joint chairman of DT. So DT is a multi-award winning multi-million turnover practice. 
I'm Head of Accounting for Ignition, and excitingly, I'm delighted to share with you that I'm one of the um, founders of ProNation. ProNation is a unique community for accountants. I'm not going to talk about it too much here, but if you like what you hear today, you might want to check out www.jointhenation.co.uk. But today, what I wanted to do was to talk about capacity, because I'm hearing a lot of noise in the profession about talent shortages, and it was something that we were going through the UK about 12 months ago, and it's died down over recent months, but it seems to be peaking in the Americas and um, Australia and more globally. So for those who are listening, I'm just going to admit it. I'm going to hold our hands up on behalf of the entire UK. Our political system is a mess. And the reason that our political system is in a mess is partly driven by the economic circumstances that have led to this talent shortage, but the political mess has also driven this talent shortage. So we're going through the Wild West at the moment. What that means is that we're experiencing this recession and the challenges that are coming from it about six months before everyone else. There was a deviation on the um, swap rates, UK versus rest of the world, in about August at the point that we had our prime minister for 40 days and some crazy illogical economic policies. Um, what that's done is it's forced us headfirst into the cost of living crisis, the rising prices, the impending recession, which at the time of release will probably be an actual recession, but everyone else is staring down at and seeing coming up. So to wrap that up and to start talking about capacity, why does um, that conversation have an impact? In the UK 12 months ago, we were going through the very first stages of a talent shortage. We were going through the Great Resignation. We were going through quite quitting. We we're going through quite a bit of transience amongst team members, which added fuel to the fire of a talent shortage. Now, in the UK, talent shortage has been through a lack of people coming into the profession. It's through a number of people dropping off the profession. That's the same in the US and in many other countries, Carl, too, isn't it? Yeah, but we had it a bit earlier and it was exacerbated by two factors. Um, it was exacerbated by Brexit and it was exacerbated by making tax digital, which was a catalyst for some of the more senior practitioners to decide that enough's enough, I'm going to retire. So that was the state of play for the UK. And it's something that other nations are seeing right now. In the UK right now, we still have the talent shortage. We still have record low unemployment. But a couple of factors have changed and they're really important to bear in mind to frame the rest of this conversation because I do believe they will change in Australia, in America and so on over the coming months. It might not be happening now, but it will, it will change. First things first, we were having pay inflation driven by staff churn. So staff were leaving to get higher salaries. Employers were paying higher salaries based on a panic because of the initial signs of the inflation. Now, what we've noticed in the UK is that actually now, now we're staring down the, um, you know, staring firmly down at the recession. Staff members aren't willingly churning. They're not willingly choosing to find another job. If they've got a job and it's paying and it's paying their bills, they're clinging onto it for dear life. So that's the first very big change that we've seen in the UK. But the Great Resignation perhaps is fading out. It's long gone. Yeah, the Great Resignation was a um, a bubble built by rising costs um, and, and increasing uh, a market that's increasing in pay, but also you know, a year of COVID where actually people were too afraid to change jobs. So we've got that. Secondly, what we're seeing in the UK around the talent shortage is actually that some firms 
are laying off staff rather than manically trying to find staff. You know, um, certainly there was mass redundancies at one of the big four. I can't remember which. I think it was Deloitte. Um, but please don't quote me on that. There was mass redundancies. It's it's a very changing circumstance and probably very, very different to what some of the global listeners are experiencing. So I wanted to set out that piece first of all, to frame the conversation about capacity and to help, I guess, set the scene about what you can and can't do. Because those who are in the midst of a talent shortage, and I've heard it firsthand from senior accounting professionals in Australia, America, Canada, is that they want to deliver advisory services, but they haven't got the capacity. They want to do more. They want to sell more, but they haven't got the staff to do it. They've got ambitious growth targets, haven't they, Carl? They want to stay relevant and competitive. Absolutely. So, Rob, first things first, the one advantage I can see, the silver lining that I can see that's come from the UK's position that other nations can learn from is that your your potentially transient workforce and your potentially hoping for a pay rise workforce might soon become a bit more attuned to reality when they see that actually there's a recession coming and we've all got to roll up our sleeves and get stuck in. So that's the first thing. Secondly, having a stable workforce, which I don't believe many larger firms had a year ago, having a stable workforce actually allows you to do some of this stuff because you can invest in the training and the development of your team. Um, But the problem is with the low unemployment that we're seeing everywhere, um, yeah, we hear people saying people don't want to work, but there's there's a whole host of reasons for this low unemployment. It's not just people sitting on their backsides. Um, there is a whole host of reasons. What that means is that actually we need to be smarter with our capacity that we've got. So we don't necessarily want to be getting into bum fights over salaries because guess what? Those, the average salaries that are being offered are going to drop down. Instead, we need to be smarter. And I've got a few ways as a best practice tips of how firms can be smarter with their capacity. So best practice tip number one on this is if you're not having clients complaining about how expensive you are, then the reality is from a simple supply demand equation, you're probably not charging enough. If you're um, you're sitting on your lows that you've got a 95% conversion and you you can't deal with all of this pipeline, all this work you've got to do, you're probably undervaluing yourself. Now, that's okay if you want that position, but the reality is if you're limiting your growth because you're limited in capacity, you need to do something to fix that equation. Now, there's an old saying, Bob, but if you were to sack half of your, or sorry, if you were to double your prices, you might lose half your clients, but that's great because it's half the time and the same income. The reality is you probably wouldn't. And you might not be that aggressive, but don't be afraid to increase prices by 20% and use the drop-off from that as a way of freeing up capacity in your firm. So that's one very blunt tool to open up capacity and allow you to do this. But there's other tools that you can do as well. Number two, I think that firm owners and leaders within firms should be looking really clearly at what they're doing operationally. And the reason I say that is this. Many of the managers and leaders of firms didn't come into the accounting world in the connected world that we're in today. When I say the connected world we're in today, I mean in the last couple of years. I don't mean the early adopters who started a practice in, let's say, 2007, 2008 and embraced zero. I'm talking about you know the, the world that we're in today. Stuff has moved along since cloud accounting packages came on, let alone everything else. But the reality for many is that they started with pen and paper adding up numbers. Now, the problem is that not only is that inefficient, but also clients are expecting you to be more than to do more. They're expecting accountants to up their game. 
And if they still got the perception of you being a out of touch bean counter, whether that bean counting is on a snazzy cloud tool, I don't care. If they've got the perception of you being outdated and having outdated processes, they won't trust your advice. But also, you won't have the time to be able to do it. So you need to look at everything you do. I remember back in my audit days, and in the UK, we have what's called a statutory audit. And it's quite a risky but high-value area of work to get into. And because it's risky and high-value, what would typically happen is somebody would do the job. So by doing the job, you create a load of checklists and you check things for completeness and accuracy and so on. So that you can give a report to the shareholders, but the financial statements give a true and fair view. Next year, what would invariably happen is the person would pick up last year's audit file, do exactly the same, but do one or two more tests just to make sure that they're not caught out. There's not a risk of things going bad. So that's a very real problem because... What happens is the file gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm sure that people have seen this with all kinds of admin systems and so on, where there's a bit of job creation. So what you need to do is this. You need to remember the parable of the lady and the hand. Now, you might not have heard of that, so I'll quickly share it. If there's, um, if you imagine husband and wife and the wife cut both ends off the hand before putting it in the oven. And the husband said, why on earth do you cut both ends off the hand? And she said, do you know what? I don't know. Um, that's how my mum taught me. So I'm going to go and ask my mum. She asked mum. And mum says, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just how I was taught. Go and ask Nan. So this lady goes and asks Nan and says, Nan, why do you cut both ends off your hand? Because my oven's too small. And that is a perfect analogy of the situation we're facing in the accounting world today. We're going through processes, knowingly or unknowingly, based on the circumstance, based on the technology, based on the innovations, based on the regulations that we had 20, 30, 40 years ago. So that's the second big area for um, capacity improvements is to look objectively at what you do and question, do you need your QA process to be structured in the way it is? Do you need your production process to be structured in the way it is? Do you still need to have your meeting structured in the way they are? Outlook gives you a default hour meeting. Should that be 15 minutes, et cetera, et cetera. So that's one way of building capacity. The next way is to look at technology and implementing technology to patch up some of those innovations, but to also use the mindset of two-second lean. So I know that the forward thinkers are going to laugh at me for saying this, but I also know the reality of the accounting world, having spoken to thousands and thousands of accountants across the globe. One of the biggest time savings that firms can do immediately is to move the photocopier next to the admin assistant. Now, I know that sounds ridiculous because we've got this image, but it's all paperless and fluffy and so on so forth. Don't give me that rubbish. I know what most firms are like. So you can look at two second lean, which are marginal gains, but you can achieve in your process, but happen time and time and time again. The photocopier one is quite a facetious way of putting it forwards, but there are a number of ways where you'll find that there's a wasted minute, maybe twice a day by every team member. How can you say both? Look at technology, how you can utilise and leverage technology to improve your customer experience whilst also maximising your time available. And then the final thing for cracking the capacity nut is to consider other ways of recruiting people. We know there's low unemployment, but there's always people looking for work. So are there any self-employed professionals that you can work with on a joint venture basis or a partnership or a strategic alliance? Um, you know, is there a local business coach that you can work with on a revenue share for some of your advisory services? 
Have a think outside the box. You don't need to have people sat there working nine to five on a salary. There might be a far easier way to help relieve that capacity issue that you've got. Carried it. That's been brilliant. Thanks so much for those practical tips on solving capacity issues. There is so much to go out there. And I urge our listeners just to try one of these, just to bring one element of changing, because if you don't, you're going to be obsolete. You're going to be irrelevant. You're going to struggle to compete. And uh, Carl, it's a bun fight out there, isn't it? There is a lot going on and these firms have got to upskill and upgrade what they're doing. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Best Practice in Accounting. Leading the discussion on firms that are standing out, winning work and becoming the top performers in the accounting and fintech world. Brought to you by Dex.